Hello, everyone. I'm here for one of my stories. This is Lindsay Dunn. And today I'm on here to talk about a movie I saw at Fantasia Fest this year that really got my attention. If you haven't heard of Fantasia Fest before, it is the largest genre festival in North America. It takes place in Canada every summer. And this year they are honoring Larry Kent with the Trailblazer Award. Now, I have never heard of Larry Kent before. He is considered a pioneer in Canadian filmmaking. And Fantasia is screening several of his movies this year at the festival. I chose to watch She Who Must Burn, which actually debuted at Fantasia in the year 2015. So eight years ago today, it debuted at Fantasia Fest, and they are screening it again this year as part of his Trailblazer Award legacy. Now, what's interesting about She Who Must Burn is that it came out actually eight years after his last movie that was released. Larry Kent has been making movies since the 1960s, so he's been around for a while. And when he first started his career, he was releasing a movie about once a year until he got to a little bit later in life in the 1980s. Then there started to be more gaps between his movies until finally we get into the more recent time where he had movie a movie come out in 2007 and then the next movie that came out was in 2015 so when she who must burn came out it was actually it had been eight years since he had released a movie and since she who must burn he hasn't made another movie he did put put together a collection of shorts in i believe it was the year 2020 but this is kind of his swan song for now now maybe after fantasia he'll get inspired and release another movie but i was very curious to check out one of his movies and i chose this one because the concept of the movie looked so chilling what i really liked about this movie just to share a few things at the top it was a low budget horror movie with some great acting some simple but effective sets and music. So he's one of these directors that can put things together with a minimal budget and still make them very effective, which means he's very good at what he does. I like how he cast relatively unknown actors. A lot of these people are television actors. They've had other roles, but it's nobody big and recognizable. The closest person to being recognizable is the character of Margaret, who's played by Jewel State, who was in the series Firefly, which is pretty well known. But other than that, I wasn't familiar with any of the cast before seeing this movie. This movie is directed by Larry Kent and co-written by Kent and Shane Twerden, who actually also acts in the movie. The movie begins with a shooting at a clinic where abortions are performed. One Abraham Barker enters and shoots the doctor. The clinic has now shut down, 
So Angela chooses to keep providing basic services in her home, including prescribing birth control and offering reproductive counseling. The Barker family finds her work offensive, even though she herself isn't performing abortions. She does counsel women about their right and options to choose to do so. The Barkers are mainly waging a war of attrition against Angela, where they encourage their followers and fellow Congregationalists to hold picket signs, yell hateful things, and mostly make a nuisance of themselves, trying to wear Angela down and maybe get her to close her home clinic. But when Angela helps Jeremiah Barker's abused wife flee their marriage, the actions escalate from attrition to downright violence. Obviously, this movie is about the eternal debate between pro-life and pro-choice and what would happen if hateful religious groups were able to run amok without consequences to drive their agenda home. She Who Must Burn depicts a world where religious zealots have the power and live beyond the law. While the scenario itself is very much exaggerated and very one-sided, it does provide Larry Kent a great stage to make a very frightening and chilling movie that takes a very real situation, dials it up to 10, and makes it really frightening. Because as frightening as paranormal mon monsters are, monsters under the bed, what about the madmen that lives among us that when allowed to do what they want without consequences is able to harm you? Nothing can stop them. I do want to call out the acting in this movie. It is very good and is one of the reasons the movie succeeds despite like I said, the low budget and sometimes unconvincing script. The writing isn't always the best, but you can get away with a lot with a solid performance. So we have as Angela is played by Sarah Smith or Smythe. And I mean, in honesty, her character is the most ordinary of everybody. She's just a regular lady who's going to work and trying to be helpful and trying to help women in need. And so, yeah, her performance is a little, a little white bread and ordinary, but she does fine. And I mean, her most challenging role comes towards the end of the movie when she's enduring violent acts from the Barkers. Things get a little more interesting when we get to our antagonists. So the three main antagonists are all part of the Barker family. One thing I didn't say is that what's interesting about the Barker family is the father, Abraham, he's the one that went into the clinic at the beginning, got arrested, and now he's in prison. And so it's up to his three kids to sort of carry out his legacy. He's in prison, and so now he wants to pass the torch to them and encourage them to step up in his absence. They need to be the ones to now carry this burden. It's a very realistic view of spiritual abuse and having this person 
that you want to please. For Jeremiah and Rebecca, he's their father. For Caleb, he's their father-in-law. But because Caleb really wants to please his wife, then he himself needs to please Abraham. Jeremiah Barker is played by Shane Twerden, who helped to write the script. And he plays the leader of the group in the loss of Abraham. Jeremiah is now the leader. And he his role is very frightening because he plays a person who on the outside looks like a very friendly, nice guy. He spouts words of prayer and scripture-based kind of greetings, making it seem like he's blessing everybody. And he never raises his voice, but he is apt to go into fits and violence as we see how he treats his wife. We also have Rebecca Barker, who is played by Missy Cross, and she might be the standout performance of this movie. She is the sister of Jeremiah, the daughter of Abraham, and she herself is almost a victim in the system because she is very sad at the loss she has endured. Part of the reason that the Barkers are upset at Angela is they believe that because she is doing this work of helping women have abortions, that it's causing God to be displeased with their area and so in a way she's the curse they need to undo because Rebecca has had three miscarriages part of it we intuit from things come from toxins that are going into the water but because the people don't understand what's going on with the water They blame the miscarriages, all the miscarriages that have been, that have happened on Angela and she becomes their scapegoat. And Rebecca is one of the women that has had miscarriages. And so she has this religious fervor against Angela that is very frightening. And she's apt to begin speaking in tongues or see visions And she's probably one of the most frightening people in the movie because she looks like a frumpy church lady, but she is, her eyes begin bulging and you know, you need to step back. Then we have Caleb Barker, who is the husband of Rebecca, and he's sort of bland and boring. He's a little bit more cowardly. And so he's mistreated by Jeremiah and Rebecca. They kind of make fun of him for his cowardice so that that theme of spiritual abuse really becomes accurate in the person of Caleb. He's an abused person that has to pass on that abuse to another person. There's also Angela has her boyfriend, that's the deputy, And all these characters do fine. The only other character I will call out is the sheriff, who's played by a man named Jim Francis. Again, a relative unknown. Don't know much about him. But he's another very disturbing character. 
because he's the, represents the law, but the Barkers are the ones in power. So he sort of kowtows to them and he becomes the proxy for us, people who will stand by and be complicit when violence happens. And because of the sheriff's character, I feel like he's Larry Kent's call to action to not be like the sheriff. It kind of looks like the sheriff is working alongside and trying to keep everyone safe. But when push comes to shove, the sheriff is really just protecting himself from the Barkers. And he becomes almost more disturbing than any other thing that's happening. These three antagonists are causing violence, but he's allowing it to happen and is supposed to be the protector of the town. So which person is more heinous? Obviously, to make this movie, he had to drive the point home and the people who were not in favor of pro-choice are going to be violent people, the kind of people that would go into abortion clinics and shoot people or cause violence or harm people. There's there's no nuance with that, but it was still a very effective horror movie. And it does make you empathize with the character of Angela and see how she's just trying to present women with the options and getting labeled as evil when other people are not being given any options or any agency. In this movie, She Who Must Burn, I see the inspiration of folk horror, such as the original Wicker Man and the religious fervor that causes violence. And then I also see birth out of this movie and out of Larry Kent, perhaps some of the movies I've seen recently, like Speak No Evil by Christian Taftrup, where people get hurt because they end up being too nice. <laughs> their niceness, their need to be polite and not speak up when people invade their boundaries allows the other people to become stronger. And then you have directors like Madeline Sims Fewer and Dusty Mancinelli, two Canadian filmmakers that themselves are making a name. I see in them the kind, same kind of horror that Larry Kent is making, where your friend can become your sexual assaulter. So it's those kinds of filmmaking techniques. So I feel like Larry Kent is definitely a person to watch. After watching this movie, I definitely want to seek out more of his stuff. It was truly frightening to see the events unfold and how the Barkers were allowed to just keep going further and further with their hate campaign. And by the end, I was shocked and appalled at what I was seeing on screen. But it is a very effective movie. If you are a horror person, I definitely encourage you check this out. If you like social horror or issue-driven movies like that, I encourage you seek that out. That's a director I haven't heard of and I think more people need to know about, obviously, because he is considered a pioneer in Canadian filmmaking. So that is my review. If you want to see what else is playing at Fantasia Fest, 
you can go to their website, which I will link in the comments of this video. And that is my review of this movie. Thank you, everyone. Good night.